This is day four together of week four of our look through the book of Nehemiah. We're talking about the principle of dedication, the seventh principle we learned from Nehemiah about how to rebuild, how to recharge, how to re-energize in your life. Yesterday, we talked about the fact for what you rebuilt to stay rebuilt and fulfill the purpose for which it was rebuilt, you have to dedicate it to God. And we focused on the truth that dedication starts with thanksgiving. As you continue to look at chapter 12 of the book of Nehemiah, you learn some other things about dedication. You learn also that dedication requires purification. In chapter 12, verse 30, when the priests and the Levites had purified themselves ceremonially, they purified the people, the gates, and the wall. They purified all that was a part of this dedication celebration. Purification is an important part of dedication. So let me ask you a question. How do you purify yourself for God's purposes? You purify yourself for God's purposes by recognizing what Jesus did for you on the cross. Truth is, you don't purify yourself. He is the one who purifies you. So you recognize what Jesus did for you on the cross. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, you are allowing God to take out of your life those things that don't belong in your life. You're growing in a process of sanctification where God is making you more and more like him. But it all started with what Jesus did for you on the cross, his forgiveness, the life that he gives, the resurrection life that he gives. So because of what he did on the cross, you are allowing God to take out of your life those things that don't belong in your life. That's purification. But just as importantly, you're allowing God to put into your life those things that he wants in your life. Purification is just not doing certain things. Some people think if you're, if you're truly pure, it just means you don't do this, you don't do this, you don't do this, you don't do this. If that was true, the most pure people in the world would be dead because they don't do anything. No, purity has to do with what you don't do, the sins that you don't commit, but it also has to do with what you choose to do, the obedience that you have in your life. Purity is seen in what you pursue. What are you chasing after in your life? If you're trying to be pure by just not doing certain things, you've missed most of what purity is all about. It's seen in what you pursue. Dedication and purity is seen in what you pursue. And that purity comes into your life through what Jesus did for you on the cross. Do not try to purify yourself. You can't do it. You cannot do it because you're impure. Something that is impure cannot make purity. But Jesus is pure. Jesus is perfect. So when you look to him and what he did, when you recognize what Jesus did for you, that is your purification. He is your purification. And dedication requires that purification, that looking to him, recognizing what he did for you on the cross. That's the second thing that Nehemiah teaches us. And then Nehemiah, in his example, teaches us a third thing about dedication. Dedication results in giving. One of the ways that you express dedication is by giving back to God out of what he's given to you. God rebuilds your marriage not just so you can enjoy that marriage for yourself, but so that you can now give back to God out of that marriage. God rebuilds your family so you can give back to God out of that family. God rebuilt your career so that now you can give back to God out of that career. He rebuilt your finances. Not just so that your finances would be more healthy, so you could be proud of your finances. He rebuilt your finances so you can give back to God out of your finances. He rebuilds a life. He re-energizes your life so you can now give back to him. Giving is at the heart of dedication. Giving of your time, your possessions, your talents, your concern, that all adds up to giving yourself. Now, listen to how they gave and what they gave because there's some straightforward lessons for us here about giving. In chapter 12, verse 43, starting in verse 43, and on that day they offered great sacrifices, 
rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and the children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. At that time, men were appointed to be in charge of the storerooms for the contributions, the first fruits and the tithes. From the fields around the towns, they were to bring into the storerooms the portions required by the law for the priests and the Levites. For Judah was pleased with the ministering priests and Levites. And then in verse 47, So in the days of Zerubbabel and of Nehemiah, all Israel contributed the daily portions for the singers and the gatekeepers. They also set aside the portion for the other Levites, and the Levites set aside the portion for the descendants of Aaron. Now listen to what they teach us in these verses about giving. Four things. First, you see that they gave the portions required by law. That's a reminder that we give obediently. The reason we give is because God challenges us, encourages us, commands us to give. Jesus says, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. He wants us to give. God wants us to give because he's a giver. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He wants us to be like him, so he wants us to give. So you give out of this sense of obedience to God. It's not out of a sense of requirement to the church or duty to the church. It's out of obedience to God that we give. They gave the portions required by law. They gave obediently. Notice also that they appointed some to be in charge of the gifts. They not only gave obediently, they gave responsibly. When they gave, it wasn't just throwing money at something and then they sort of gathered up from the ground later and hope they didn't lose any. No, they gave it in a good, responsible way. And there were some that were in charge of the gifts that made sure that those gifts were used by God, that no temptation came in and somebody took the gifts and used them for themselves. So for instance, in our church, like many churches, we never let one person handle any offerings at any time. It's always two people together. Because when you have two people together, you make sure that there's no cause for temptation at any time. That's giving responsibly. In your own life, you look at, how do I give in a way that God's gifts that I'm given can be used in the most powerful way? And I would say to you, the most powerful way that God's gifts are used is through his church. The body of Christ, showing the love of Christ in this world, there's no greater giving than that. Third thing we learn from them is that they all gave. They gave cooperatively. It wasn't just, oh, there's a few rich people over here, they need to give, and we can all benefit from that. No, they all gave. They recognized the the principle of, sometimes we feel like if somebody has a lot, they can give a lot. But Jesus teaches us very clearly, those who seem to have the least, who can really give the most. The most honored sacrificial gift ever was the widow's two pennies, two mites, two small coins. Jesus said, no one's given like her because she gave everything that she had. So when you think of giving and you think, I don't have enough to give, recognize that God is not looking at the amount. He's looking at your heart. That's why you give in the first place because he wants what the gift represents. He wants your heart obediently, sacrificially given to him. So they all gave. They gave cooperatively, recognizing that they all had a part in what God was doing. And then the final thing we learned about giving here is that they offered great sacrifices on that day. They gave sacrificially. They gave not just out of a sense of, well, let me just add this up on a piece of paper. You know, what's the least I could possibly give? Okay, that. Or, or maybe I'll give a little bit more than the least I could give, but I certainly can't give that amount because, you know, then I wouldn't be able to do this or I wouldn't be able to do this. What does it mean to give sacrificially? It means there's some things that because you give, you're not going to be able to do. At least when you give, you think you're not going to be able to do that. So one of the ways you know that you're giving sacrificially is as you give, you recognize there's a vacation we're going to have to change. There is a 
purchase we're going to have to put off. There is something that we're not going to be able to do because we are doing this. But when you do that, recognize that Jesus teaches us very clearly that whatever we give up in this world, he'll give us a hundredfold in heaven. In fact, he says even on this earth, he'll give it back to us. So the sacrifices that we make, he blesses in return. But in the moment of giving, there is this moment of sacrifice. So how did they give? What can we learn about giving? They gave obediently, they gave responsibly, they gave cooperatively, and they gave sacrificially. Giving is a part of having a spirit of dedication in your life. Purity, purification is a part of having a spirit of dedication in your life. Let's take these to the Lord. Let's talk to God about them. Our Father, thank you for what Jesus did on the cross. That is our purification. Not what we do, not what we do even as believers, not even the greatest ministry that we do. That cannot purify us. The impure cannot make something pure. But Lord, you are pure. And so we look to you for our purity, to what you have done for us, what you have given for us. And out of that sense of purity, Lord, we pray that we would have a giving attitude. Help us to give obediently and responsibly. Give with other people. Give sacrificially. Give joyfully. Because we know, Lord, how much you've given for us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, join us tomorrow. We're going to see one final lesson about dedication as we end our study of the book of Nehemiah. 